Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk this week. I've got a special guest uh, with me today. His name is Matt Shebo. And Matt is gonna talk a lot about uh, his job because a lot of you have probably been talking about this referendum vote that's coming up November 7th. And everyone's wondering, what is it about? What is the school safety all about? Matt is the Executive Director of Safety and Community Partnership. Matt, you can say hey to the people to make sure they know you're here. Hey everybody, Cleveland, thanks for having me today. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Matt, um, I'm gonna let you talk about yourself and then we'll throw out some questions that have come up uh, talking to parents because a lot of people are concerned in the Fort Wayne area, Fort Wayne Community Schools, on what does this mean for their kids? What does this mean for the community? And the big question is, how much is this going to cost me? So let's start with Matt. Go ahead, talk about yourself. Where did you come from, and how did you get to where you're at? Sure. So I'm a uh, proud graduate of uh, FWCS. Uh, both of my kids have attended uh, FWCS. My wife uh, graduated from FWCS. My dad was a teacher uh, at Southside. Okay. and. Uh, or a graduate of Southside, rather, and a teacher for the district. So uh, my elevator speech to people is always that, like, we're a Fort Wayne Community Schools family. So this is my uh, 36th year with the district. Wow. Uh, I was a uh, science teacher for uh, 10 years. Uh, then I went through my training for administration at uh, Geyer. I was an assistant principal. Uh, then for the next 15 years, I was a principal at three different middle schools. I was at... Uh, uh, Northwood, followed by Shawnee, followed by Kikianga, and after I'd done that for uh, 15 years, I decided to uh, uh, coach and supervise principals, so mm -hmm. I was a director for secondary education for four years, and then the district needed me to step into a new role, so I've accepted this uh, new role that puts me in charge of both safety and community partnerships, so uh, my first year, but of course, having been a principal, uh, safety was always the number one concern in that job, and so this seems like a uh, natural segue for me. Oh, there you go. I'm kind of tired now. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, yeah. and that's how I many 36 years? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a lot in 36 years. So it you, is. You've seen and done a, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've spent most of my time in middle school, surprisingly, 30 years right. in uh, middle school, but I've really enjoyed the uh, uh, the time that I've had in the uh, uh, the high schools. Mm -hmm. I work with uh, two nonprofits uh, as well. One's a, a boys' mentoring group called Forward, and the other one is a uh, a leadership a development group mm -hmm. called uh, Pave the Path, and so those are all with high school students. So I really mm -hmm. enjoyed uh, that ability to work with uh, high school kids as well. So now, how did you end up being part of this safety uh, school safety? Yeah, well, since um, since that's part of my new job description, so I, I oversee the security department, mm -hmm. and so it only made sense uh, as far as uh, when uh, the uh, board decided to uh, go for a referendum that mm -hmm. uh, the person in charge of security should probably be one of the people uh, leading the referendum. So I'm a co-chair uh, of the referendum. I co-chair that with uh, Julie Hollingsworth, who's okay. also on the uh, board of trustees. Okay. Um, one of the questions that comes out a, a lot when I talk to people about this, because my daughter made it clear to me I don't get to vote because I don't live in the city. One of the questions that comes up is, have they asked the teachers, what do the teachers think about school safety? What is their number one concern? I think um, I think everybody's concerned on on different levels uh, with safety. Uh, this whole referendum came about uh, because uh, community members uh, were concerned uh, that we had had nine guns uh, in the school uh, last year, and so a lot of them uh, approached Dr. Daniel, our superintendent, and said, "You know, what are we doing to uh, increase safety? Uh, we've always uh, perceived our district uh, as being a safe." environment, uh, the, the polls that we take of teachers and students and parents, 85 to 90 percent uh, show that they feel that the school system's safe, but what we want to do is say, what can we do to make it safer? So we really have kind of that moral obligation uh, to make the place safer uh, than it is. I mean, I think uh, teachers are, are concerned, uh, as all employees are, of, of weapons that can potentially come into the school. Um, I think we all get nervous when we, when we watch the nightly news and, mm -hmm. and we see um, you know, shootings, it doesn't seem like anything is, is sacred anymore, right? People, right. people are known to, 
to go into grocery stores, to right. go into churches oh, and yeah. schools. And so uh, that causes people uh, to be nervous. And there is no 100% guarantee of anything. Right. You know, right. We always want people to understand that's why we're calling it safer. Mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to do the best we can with, with the funds that, that could become available. And right. so uh, that's, uh, that's where we're headed. Right. How many schools are we talking about? Well, we have 50, 52 schools or 52 uh, buildings uh, that we're seeing. So um, primarily most of the implementation will, will start, I believe, at the high school level and kind of move down uh, from there. But there's, there's a portion of the referendum that addresses both uh, elementary, middle, and high school. Okay. Is it true that there's one high school right now that's actually doing a pilot program? Talk that, about that. Yes, that's correct. So we decided uh, pre-referendum to uh, pilot some of the strategies that we were going to use. So we decided... Uh, Southside High School. Southside High School has been working with Alive Community, uh, which is a nonprofit uh, that promotes a, a, a concept called Peacemakers, okay. uh, which is student-led, uh, based on uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, Six Principles of Nonviolence. Hmm. Uh, so we thought of all the schools that were really receptive, Southside's already been going down that path of trying to make their building safer. So we decided to pilot uh, in Southside. We did that with uh, putting in the weapons detectors. Uh, okay. We use that in the morning. Uh, for students uh, to go through and then once the students have gotten through then we also use uh, those weapons detectors uh, for anybody that passes into the building uh, during the school day and so, so that's that's one of the components so okay. you want to talk more about that before? Go ahead, go okay ahead, and yeah. then the other uh, the other two things that we're doing is we did implement a position uh, called student advocates mm -hmm. uh, the student advocates really uh, attend to both well-being and security and so they uh, are present in the hallway um, virtually the entire day. I, I, I like to tell people that they live in the hallway. Mm -hmm. 20,000 steps is not uncommon for them right. uh, as they're in the hallway uh, attending to well-being as, as kids are having a rough time, somebody to talk to, uh, if somebody's having a moment, uh, somebody to take mm -hmm. them on a walk, somebody to help de-escalate them uh, from the well-being side, but also somebody to uh, visit bathrooms, to make sure doors mm -hmm. are shut, to mm -hmm. make sure that people that are in the building are, are Southside students. I right. mean, all those different kind of things. It's a balance between the two, and you'll see that all the way through the referendum. Mm -hmm. It's not just security, well-being and security both. Right. And then uh, Southside had already been using uh, the Peacemakers last year. Uh, it was their first year that they tried that, so we are trying that again this year uh, with the hopes of expanding it uh, to the uh, other schools. So when you say peacemakers, mm -hmm. are these people walking the hallways? How many people are in Southside? Yeah, so right right now we just have one person that's a part of the peacemaker organization, one of the uh, volunteers who's an adult. Mm -hmm. um, but students take a, take a role in that, and so um, we have that happening right now. But again, that's really kind of on a volunteer basis. Mm -hmm. You know, the referendum would actually make that a position where we contract uh, so that we have a more structured uh, program all the way through the, the high schools. Right. Now you said something about that they're, they're there for the well-being of the students and they're also there for security. So mm -hmm. what would their job be? I mean, I understand the well-being side. Yeah. What would happen if the worst happens? What are they responsible for? Yeah, so some of the things that they do, for example, uh, one of the things that we, we knew right away is that, that operating the weapons detection system in the morning takes personnel. I mean, oh, yeah. that, takes, that takes people to operate. So one of the things that they begin the day with is, is they're, they're working uh, those weapon detectors uh, in the morning. And in fact, uh, we also have been piloting the use of that during uh, extracurricular activity. So we've been taking them to football games. And, and, and one of our, um, one of our advo advocates who's not a coach actually helps uh, work there. So they're doing that. They're there for fights, uh, but they are not armed. They are not armed guards mm -hmm. uh, by any means. Uh, they're there uh, if, if violence breaks out, uh, they're there to help, uh, but they're not armed guards or anything mm -hmm. like that. They are, they are FWCS. Uh, employees. We hope that they continue to build relationships with kids. So you know the see something, say something type oh, yeah, of thing. Right. We want we want them to be able to have that. Uh, you know, if you have typical things that happen in high schools like fights, they're obviously there to help right. uh, with that as well. But um, you know, if the worst things happen, they they follow the same emergency protocols that that all of our high schools do. Yeah, I, I think someone listening to you and I talk about that, mm -hmm. they're going to say, well, if a fight breaks out, I can understand them getting involved in a fight. Sure. But if someone pulls a gun and shots are fired, 
do they get to turn and run just like everybody else? Are are they uh, yeah, responsible they would, for? Well, they would follow the same procedure that we would for for any any uh, evacuation. I mean, all all schools have a, have a safety an emergency safety procedure mm -hmm. that they have to implement. So, you know, are these guys who are unarmed going to be running towards somebody right, who's shooting? Right, Likely right. not. They're probably going to be doing the same thing that other adults would do, which would be the avoid, deny, defend. That's right. what we teach all of our employees. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just listening to that going, okay, you're going to be hiring some people to do this. What are you going to be looking for in that person? What would you be looking for? Well, first of all, I'm looking for somebody that's going to build great relationships with kids. I mean, that's a, that's the number one thing because if you build great relationships with kids, you're likely to de-escalate them if they're thinking of doing something that's not safe. Mm -hmm. They're going to be more likely to tell you of something that might be impending. Okay. Right? I mean, that's that's the number one uh, thing that I'm looking for: somebody that develops relationships with kids so they're available uh, to help out. I mean, the referendum also calls for for regular uh, school resource officers yeah, too. So that's gonna so that. we're gonna so we're <laughs> gonna get to that too because uh, there's there's value obviously in, in that as well mm -hmm. because when you're talking about trying to have uh, somebody on the inside uh, that is able to, to respond back to an active shooter we definitely want to make sure that right. we have that as well right so how many uh, let's get a good picture of this. sure we're talking about Southside High School yep. how many students are in Southside uh, 1450 okay and in a perfect world when you this thing comes let's say everyone votes it in yep how many of these student advocates uh, do you want in there and how many officers do you good want question in? so um, overall student advocates would be a total of 56 so we're looking at two for each high school one for each elementary one for each middle school for school resource officers we have those primarily uh, in our middle schools uh, right now okay. and so uh, we also have every day in in high schools we have um, oftentimes officers but but sometimes security people that are not armed mm -hmm. uh, in the building and we'd love to have uh, school resource officers, Fort Wayne PD or Allen County Sheriffs mm -hmm. uh, in every one uh, of our secondary schools. Okay. And, and so right now, um, you know, we have security and oftentimes that is Fort Wayne Police right. and, and um, Allen County Sheriffs. Um, but what we find there is it's people are on a rotating basis. Mm -hmm. So what we want is that that officer that's in the building every day, again, that builds relationships uh, with kids. Now, is that going to be easy to find in the current hiring? Right. Um, right. I don't know. I mean, that's um, that's the truth with about everything right now, right? It's hard to hire in everything. But um, yeah, we definitely want to expand uh, more officers uh, in our buildings where kids and teachers uh, and administrators have the same person there uh, every single day. That's that's the ultimate goal. All right. So you're looking at about for a safety person, an advocate, they're going to be responsible for about 750-something yeah. kids, okay? And is that a good number for you in your mind, or would you like that number to be a little higher? Well, I think at some point with the referendum, as people on both sides are going to tell you, I mean, you have to balance the, the needs. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, would, would I like to have more than two? Sure. But but at some point, you have to be responsible to taxpayers who who right now, admittedly, are saying, man, our, our property taxes have gone up oh, yeah. in the yeah. last two years. And so, you know, are you just going to continue to ask for more and more and more? Right. Uh, right. So, there's, so there's a balance. Would it be nice to have a couple more in each school absolutely right. do, do we think it's being responsible to taxpayers I think we just have to get to a point where we say we want to increase safety mm -hmm. <laughs> we want to make things safer but we have to be fiscally responsible okay more. so what's going on at Southside High School right now with the pilot program yep have you seen any weapons sneaking through or any issues that you can would say we need more people no, in 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 fact, uh, in, in some of the uh, in some of the metrics that we're looking at, uh, we're seeing kind of those positive changes. For example, uh, fewer kids that are late to class, fewer kids that are tardy to class. We are seeing kind of an increase in students uh, that are that are uh, involved in uh, vaping and things like that. And it's likely because advocates are probably in bathrooms and things like that. Um, we've not had any we've not had any uh, guns go through. Uh, the weapons detectors as of this time, which is a which is a good uh, good indication. But uh, you know, again, I want to be realistic. It's it's early in the year. Right. Uh, but if anything else, um, not only are the weapons detectors good uh, a piece of technology, but I think they also just send that message mm -hmm. that that this is our expectation. You know, right. as we as we've had them at the um, at the uh, football games uh, so far. Um, 
I think it just sets a higher expectation that right. we're, we're trying we're trying to do something different. People are not happy with safety, so what are we doing that's different? You know, we've also implemented uh, for the high schools and the in the stadiums uh, uh, the, the 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 no bag policy. Oh, you yeah, know, and that yeah. that's not gone over real happy with some people, but but it's the Cleveland. It's the way of the world right yeah. now, and, oh, yeah. and our yeah. policy is about, about the exact same policy as you see at an NFL game, the Comets games. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else so oh, yeah. you know if it's if it's good enough for people going to professional sporting it should be good enough for our kids too oh, yeah I, 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 so. I agree I agree <laughs> yeah we found that out going to the Michigan football game my wife wants to drag her purse with her and we get all the way up there walk through all those tailgaters and we yep. get there and they said you can't bring it yeah so we had to walk all the way back to put it, you know, we've tried so. to create some signage at all the ball yeah. games that are out in the parking lot so that people can see it before they uh, walk up, but it's it's something new. It's not it's yeah. not been done before in Fort Wayne, and and so you know right. newness sometimes causes some uh, uncomfortableness with right. people. But I still think it's the right thing to do. Okay, uh, you talked about uh, um, well, you didn't, but I'm going to bring up the mental health counselors. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are asking for like 14 or 17 more. Yeah, we have we have mental health counselors in in all of our elementary okay. uh, schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we also want to do again, uh, and being a, a former secondary person of, of all these years, uh, we, we definitely believe they belong also in the uh, middle schools and the uh, high schools as well. Right. It's not to say that our counselors aren't doing a great job. Um, but our counselors deal with more than just mental health issues. Mm-hmm. They deal with scheduling. They deal with, with making sure kids get their credits. There's a lot that they get to do. And we really, at the uh, secondary level, want to be able to have somebody that can really spend the entire day uh, just with uh, mental health issues, not oh, yeah. being, not having to spend time um, right. like, like the uh, counselors have to with all the academic components right. of, of secondary school. Now this talks about, we're just talking about in the school, does this also bleed all the way out into the parking lot, uh, uh, near the buses, is the security going to be you know, branching out a little bit further than just the front doors? Well, I think anytime, anytime you're talking property, right, right. FWCS property, yeah, we want it, we want that to happen. I mean, we want the advocates as part of their day to get out into the uh, parking lot. If you if you look at most of our, um, our our co-curriculars, football games, basketball games, you know, you can see an active presence when we use officers in the parking lot. Right. Um, you know, you have to cover school grounds, and yet right. it's at some level like we're limited too. I think I think the tough thing sometimes with 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 schools is 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 people. Uh, expect us to sometimes deal with neighborhood issues mm. that aren't necessarily right. within the school's purview. Right. Um, but that is kind of a gray area at times too. Mm. Some a lot of times things that are happening in the neighborhood end up coming to schools and, oh, yeah. and, and vice versa. So, right. um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I just wonder how far we're going to stretch your people. I mean, I know we're talking two people, two mm-hmm. student advocates yep. in the school, yep. maybe or maybe not a police officer. And now something happens out in the parking lot in the far corner. Right, <laughs> right. You're really stretching your people out. Yeah, you are stretching your people out. I mean, that's the that's the thing that that's always tough. I mean, again, we prefer within the school building with with locked doors and, and things like that. The inside the school is the most secure place to be. But right. we have to be wary that things can happen right. uh, in the parking lot. And so at a, at a high school, for example, we usually have. Uh, at least two security guards working. Mm-hmm. So there is that ability for somebody to uh, check outside right. as well as, as being present uh, in the uh, in the school. But yeah, school safety and security is right. tough. I mean, it's, yeah. well, I hear you. it's now, a lot going on. Now, are you guys increasing the cameras, uh, camera angles, camera hallways out in the parking lot? Part of that, part of that stuff is actually not part of the referendum. Part of that is uh, part of the bond issue that we have. So some of the secure vestibules that we're working on, by the time we get to uh, the beginning of next school year, Every one of our buildings will have a secure vestibule. In other words, people right. people come in, right, and then they're not admitted any place into the school until they clear through uh, the front office. Uh, we're also working on uh, some of the 3M security laminate mm-hmm. uh, to make sure we get that on the uh, exterior uh, of some of our windows again to kind of uh, increase the, uh, the the safety of of people not being able, quite frankly, to to shoot through that glass. Uh, as well, because we saw that in Nashville, you know, mm-hmm. that was uh, that was one of the things that happened there. So that's all part of the bond uh, that's already been paid for. People aren't uh, having to worry about <laughs> property right. taxes go up as a result of what we're doing with the bond. Well, I know someone's probably going. What does he mean by three M? Yep. 
Yeah. You, you better you better explain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 3M is um, you know 3M's been around for a while, but one of the one of the things that we're trying to do is is where it's economically feasible. How do we increase safety? The 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 3M film, from what I understand, is not expensive. Uh, there are some uh, schools in 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 our area that because they already have a new kind of construction or upgrade, they've got glass that really resists shattering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not in every building. So what we want to do is make sure for those buildings that don't have that kind of glass uh, there that 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 that's actually present. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, I always try to emphasize people doesn't mean this necessarily that it's bulletproof, but yeah. it but it keeps it keeps that glass uh, from shattering uh, so that uh, people can't breach uh, the outside of the school in an easy way, like we've seen right. uh, in Nashville. You know, when you watch when you watch those replays, it's just it's just sickening just to see okay. how easy it is uh, to get in that way. Right. Now, with all the safety, all the different things you're putting into place, um, everything you're doing, what are the teachers doing to get prepared? I mean, I know years ago we always did the fire drills. We did the tornado drills. Mm-hmm. What are the teachers doing to get prepared for this? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, all of our schools uh, get uh, in-service training on, we call it ADD, Avoid, Deny, Defend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's changed over the years, right? I mean, er- early on it was all about just kind of sheltering in place. And right. then as, as we've evolved over time, we realized that sometimes sheltering in place isn't the best thing to do. So right. so they have that, they have that training. Uh, every year they get training uh, in our app that's called Crisis Go that is a communication app uh, for uh, employees in in case that they have to leave. Uh, All schools have to practice uh, an evacuation uh, drill uh, to an alternative site so they have to do that uh, as well. Um, All of the the teachers have uh, had to read uh, and understand and acknowledge that they understand the uh, emergency uh, safety plan, which is required by the uh, state of Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, and they continue to have in-servicing too. Again, on the well-being side of how right. not to escalate and how to de-escalate kids uh, when, when things are going uh, bad. So I, I like the fact that avoid, deny, defend uh, really gives people options that that years ago we didn't really right. ever train that way, and so that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. So we we do that as well. We also do, and I've participated in my first four or five. Uh, we do uh, security building audits where we go out uh, with a checklist to make sure doors are locked, that there's not um, locks that aren't working, that make sure that signage is present, uh, and all those things. And so, uh, even though we only have to do that every three years for the state to, to comply, uh, one of the things that I've talked to in our department is one of wanting to make sure that we do that uh, every year, like above what is actually required. Right. Um, so I've had my first opportunity to, to do that, and uh, it's, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Um, have you guys had a threat assessor go through the building prior to all of this and sit down and say, hey, here's where I see the holes in some of the buildings? Yeah, even, bef- uh, even before I took the, uh, took the job, um, uh, Dottie Davis, uh, who, who used to work for us, had, had done a threat assessment. So mm-hmm. I, had, uh, I had read through... Uh, pretty extensive report, and um, yeah, it was very good. I mean, of course, since Dottie did it, it was going to be good, right? But it was a it was a thorough report, and again, a lot of what I think you see in security um, issues, which is why we don't want people to get too bogged down with technology, because. Mm-hmm really most security breakdowns are, are people and human so, errors, right? I mean, yeah. you look at Uvalde, they knew that door could not be locked for months. And you know, in FWCS, when we find a door uh, where the mechanism is not working, like we're calling facilities and somebody is out there that day uh, to get that fixed. And so, um, you know, just people people following procedures is, is our best, mm-hmm. uh, best way to avoid uh, uh, danger and to keep schools safe. Oh yeah. So now you said last year there were nine guns mm-hmm. that were found. Mm-hmm. I know the school year is fairly new. Have there been any incidents this year? I don't believe we have any this year. No, okay. no. But like I said, that's the whole reason for the safety referendum is that you know, and you know, I mean, the, the sad sad reality, Cleveland, and being transparent, and I'm sure you know where I'm going, is that we found nine. You know, how many more could there have been? Right. I mean, those are the ones. Those are the ones that we found, and it's. Um, it's scary sometimes that the kids just have access mm-hmm. uh, to weapons uh, so easily, and 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 I don't know, um, I don't know what the answer to that is, because right. um, that's more than just a school issue. Oh, yeah. um, but like I said, I, I think 
I think we just have to do everything we can mm-hmm. to, to at least be able to look people in the face and say we're, we're doing about everything we can. Right. Now, I was down in Indianapolis, and I talked to five teachers at one time mm-hmm. on a podcast. Cool. Well, i got to go back. Dottie was on my podcast, too. Yeah. She talked about it. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to move forward here. <laughs> I was down in Indy, and I talked to five teachers, and the question was about school safety. Uh, we talked about uh, arming teachers. Has that come up here in Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne Community Schools? It's been asked. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's now a um, um, the legislator has given permission. Legislature has given permission that you can arm teachers if they're certified. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last presentation I attended, where a school resource officer was there, one of the things that we've said as a district is we're not doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the th- uh, things that uh, one of our resource officers said when when somebody asked why we're not doing that, uh, one of her points was. Hey, if, if, if you're an armed teacher and, and police are breaching this building to address an active shooter, you know, if you show up with a gun, you're likely to get shot too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be hard for us to determine what the difference is between a teacher uh, and an active shooter in that moment. Um, right. So, yeah, we our position right now currently is that we're, we're not going to do that in FWCS. I mean, again, the, the movement to have, you know, trained officers in the building that's what we need. Mm-hmm. We need we need people that that uh, get that regular training right. uh, to be the person inside uh, with a weapon. Right, and I'm sure you would want one officer per school. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean I, that would be that would ultimately be uh, the goal, particularly mm-hmm. in the secondary schools. But again, as I'm sure you realize, it's a matter of capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, can. Can we get enough people hired in Fort Wayne PD and Allen County Sheriff that can that can do that? It's right. um, you know that's a, that's a tall task that we're asking. Right. Um, so I, I'm hopeful that's going to happen, but we'll have to see. We're we're working hard to to right. make that available. Right. So back to Southside. Yep. Your pilot school. Yep. How are they doing? I think they're doing a remarkable job. I mean. The kids have done a good job. I know. I know. One of the things that, that we we struggled with early on is is you know the optic of you know well why did you pick Southside? Yep. I mean I knew we knew that would be out in the uh, the community, and yep. so um, I tried to explain uh, to teachers. Uh, we tried to message home letters uh, to parents about why we picked South, um, and and quite frankly too, I think we want to start with a smaller school. Um, as far as working with the weapons detectors, you know, fewer people going through. Um, I think they've done a remarkable job. It's change. It's not comfortable, um, and yet the, the kids on the on the two weeks that I worked it, uh, the kids have really done a remarkable job of, of moving through. Um, I think of understanding why we're doing it. Are they all necessarily happy about it? Probably not. Sometimes. Um, but um, I think as a whole, they've, they've, done, a, uh, they've done a great job. The teachers uh, have helped us and been, uh, for the most part, supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm pleased uh, at how it's gone. Okay. Well, good. That's good. We yeah. practiced before. So we, we did six days, six days of practicing, um, you know, before we uh, actually employ, uh, employed the machines. Right. Um, you know, we, we practiced for six days of kind of going right. through and what it was going to look like and... Um, you know, we didn't we didn't want kids to be shocked on day one, right. so we didn't actually roll out till about two weeks in. Oh, okay. They didn't know that. Now, since you've been doing this at Southside, have you your team had time to debrief and say, "Hey, here are some of the holes. Here are things that are working that we could do better." Here? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, one of the things is trying to again, especially with the weapons detectors, is is make students understand that that it's not out to get you it's Mm -hmm. not we're not trying to create a policing model it's we're trying to keep you safe Uh, as we work with the kids we also find out too some of the things that the uh, the weapons detector picks up that aren't weapons so Mm -hmm. sometimes you know if if somebody has too much metal on them if they're carrying like two yetis uh, or or something like that some sometimes just the sheer volume of metal will set that thing off they don't have a weapon but it's going to detect so part of the first couple weeks when we were there is trying to help students understand like this is why it went off so when we look when we look in your in your backpack and go oh that's why it went off you know mm-hmm. because you've got two yetis in there right. um, we had um, in one case um, some some girls that were taking a, a dance class and they had 
uh, two sets of tap shoes that have the, uh, the thick right, metal right. Uh, and so the metal taps were setting it off right. so a lot of it is determining letting them know like these things are going to set it off and mm -hmm. so how do we how do we either not bring those or how do we identify those before we're going through right. um, so that it's not setting off because again the idea is to keep kids moving you know right. you, you don't want it to slow up you want kids to come in be able to get to class on time so a lot of it's been an education uh, for the kids and also the people working uh, the detectors so right. yeah and so and we're doing the same things at, at the football games you mm -hmm. know trying to figure out what works what needs to be tweaked I mean it's a learning process oh, no yeah. but nobody else in Allen County's done it right um, yeah. you know and so we're trying to we're trying to figure it out the best we can I mean you want people to feel safe. You don't want to feel like they're walking into a prison because it's a school, mm -hmm. right? You want mm -hmm. people to feel welcome and things like that. Right. So the message always has to be we're not trying to catch you doing something wrong. The message has got to be we're trying to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. you know, so. Right. Well, understandable. I get it. Yeah. So you may or may not know this. the, the answer to this, or you may have researched mm -hmm. it. What is the national trend now with uniform officers in school? with the kids that we deal with today are totally different than the kids you first dealt with, mm -hmm. with their relationship with police, or maybe what they've seen in their own home with the police. So what is the national trend saying about uniform officers versus plain clothes, uh, uh, school um, mentors, or what, what, do you, what you guys are calling them? Yeah, I, um, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I know that I, I've read that you know, school resource officers are a better option than just security. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, again, I think it's that that balance. So, is the question more: Should we have armed people inside the school versus not? No, the question is more along the lines of what they look like. I mean, if they're wearing the whole full gear, mm -hmm. saying police, they're there to police. Right. And are there more kids now who are afraid of them or don't mm. want to work with them or talk to them mm -hmm. because of what they look like and what yeah. they've gone through in their life? Sure, that's a good point. I mean, anecdotally, because again, I don't have research to back, mm -hmm. but, as, but as I talk to, to people that have been resource officers in a building for a long time, like the, the reason most people who are SRO, school resource officers, are because they enjoy being in that particular environment. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are some officers that would have no interest in doing that, which right. is perfectly fine, right? right. Um, but the ones that choose to be SROs uh, really believe in the purpose of that. And from what I gather when I talk to them, um, they say that, you know, being with kids and talking to them, when I'm spending my three months in the summer out on the streets, more kids are approaching me, mm -hmm. uh, and and things like that. So I mean, I think it's I think it's positive in, in that standpoint that I think kids can start to see them uh, more as 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 human beings, as as fellow Fort Wayne citizens, than just people that are out there um, to get them. Because I know there's a negative connotation uh, with with some of our students and right. police because of the the negative things that have happened right. and and. Um, you know, it has been. It's been tough, I think, for even the police re police department sometimes to recruit people right. because, you know, the policing in the United States. I think, and I'm not an expert, but I think policing in the United States is going to have to look different at mm -hmm. some point, right. right? So that people are looked at as more of a support and not not using authority beyond their measures. Um, and that's been the problem, um, you know, now that everybody carries a cell phone with a camera, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's no disputing sometimes when people are wrong. All right. And, and so, right. um, yeah, it's it's tough. I still feel comfortable. Um, I still feel comfortable with them mm -hmm. uh, in their uniform because to me, while the uniform might have a connotation, it's really to me about like that relationship that they're making with mm -hmm. the kid. I mean, right. if 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 they've if they've got a uniform on, but they've got a great rapport with kids, um, you know, the uniform starts to diminish in that right. in that right. sense, right? right? But um, but conversely, I've seen the opposite, right? I've, I've I've seen people, you know, without a uniform, right? That that just don't get along with kids, and it it, it doesn't matter. It's it, right. you can't take away relationship building. It's foundational to everything, right? So with that being said, yeah. I happened to have a conversation with a, an officer mm -hmm. who told me that they're going away from um, allowing certain officers to work in schools and they're going to what is called, the, they're bidding the position. They bid the position if there's someone with more time on, mm -hmm. they can actually bump someone out of a school mm -hmm. who's already built relationships over a couple of years. And then that person gets to go in while they move that other person out. What is the 
one thing or two or three things in a character you want to see in an officer who comes into your school? What is it you want to see? Not so much the years of service. What do you want to see? Right, absolutely. Um, interestingly, probably not much different than what I would see of a good teacher or a good principal. Right, the, the ability, the ability to treat all students fairly. Fair doesn't always mean equal, but treating kids fairly, um, treating kids with with professionalism and politeness, um, and, and that ability to stay calm uh, in situations that are stressful. You know, um, again, I spent <laughs> thirty years in middle school. Kids, um, they can really get on your last nerve sometimes, right? I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. You know, when you tell people that you're a middle school teacher or middle school principal, the first thing out of their mouth usually is, "Oh, I could never do that," yeah, right, right? right? I loved it. It was actually the, the the best place in the world to be. But an an officer, a teacher, a principal, kids are drawn to personalities that yeah. that have a sense of humor, that are kind, that are polite. And, and that understand that sometimes when kids are mad or angry, that you don't have to be mad and angry at them back. Right, you know. Right. And I think of like the resource officers that work in FWCS that I've already worked with for, for many years. They are awesome with kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids like them. Kids seek them out. Um, and, and that's the type of, that's the kind of person that I want uh, in there. And I would think, I would think that anybody that would want to bid on an SRO job um, is going to inherently going to really have to like kids because if you right. don't like kids, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's where you want to spend your time as right. as a police officer. If if, if kids are kind of not your passion, that's perfectly fine, right. right? Not everybody wants to be a teacher either, right? But <laughs> but but for the officers that do, you know, when I do do in my head kind of that walk around mm -hmm. the middle school in my head of some of these resource officers that we have there. They're rock stars. They're right. awesome. I mean, if I could convince them to teach, I'd probably do that too. But, um, but they're they're awesome. They belong with kids. Right. And so, that it worries me that if it, it worries me that we could end up in a situation where everything mm -hmm. is strictly bid, right? Uh, and you got people going in there just based on seniority alone. Right. And that, and that, that's what this officer was telling me is happening. So is there a process where you sit down and interview this person before you say, "Hey, we're going to give you school A." Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with with the police contract that I'm not privy to, mm -hmm. and and so you know at the at the end of the day, um, you know the, the the police department has has certain you know I mean certain rights to to put people in as as they do, but we want to continue to kind of have uh, that memorandum of understanding that we mm -hmm. keep kind of going back and forth. Uh, is is that we want we want principals in my department to be able to interview along with right, right. Um, the officers, right. um, you know, because I think if, if people are going to spend time in your building, mm -hmm. you know, and FWCS is paying part of their salaries, right. um, you know, we want we want some say in that uh, that as well. So we want what's a best fit, you know. Right. Um, I think currently when you look at the resource officers that we have now, we'd love for them just to stay put, right? Because I think they like being in those buildings and we like having them. Uh, but yeah, we definitely want to be able to, to interview. Uh, but again, it all, all really comes down to you know what the contract says and right. and and how we're able between the school system uh, and the police department negotiate how that goes. So right. hopefully that'll be continue to be amicable and we can work together. And at the end of the day, we just want people in our schools that really want to be around our kids. Right. Now this question here. Yep. Have you guys ever had? since you've been doing this to get rid of an officer because they just didn't fit anymore are you got so many complaints is like okay something's not working here yeah i think i think we have the ability to do that uh, in our memorandum of understanding i don't think that it happens uh, that often i mean i can't think uh, in in the time i was a middle school principal for 15 years and i had sros most of that time um, they were great. Like we didn't want to get rid of them. Right. Uh, but again, I, I think it's a different type of person that applies for that job. Okay. I mean, I, I I just don't think an SRO is is a position for every officer because I don't think every officer is interested in doing that. Right. You know, and the, and the ones that really say like, I don't want to spend my day around middle school kids, that's the kind of person that 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 you wanna that you wanna hire. Right. So. Okay. Now we kind of touched on it at the very beginning, mm -hmm. and I know someone's thinking to themselves, "What is this going to cost me?" I live in this area. Yep. I get the vote, yes or no. I want to know right down to the penny. What's it going to cost sure. my family? Absolutely. So one of the things we've been trying to tell people is that the, we looked at the average house in Fort Wayne Community Schools attendance area. So one of the things that taxpayers need to know to begin with, 
uh, is that the only people that can even vote on the referendum have to be people that reside within Fort Wayne Community Schools boundaries. So if you don't reside within Fort Wayne Community Schools boundaries, the referendum is, is will not be on the ballot for you to vote. We looked at what the average house price is in Fort Wayne Community Schools attendance area, and the average house price assesses for $167,000 and some change. Okay. So a house that assesses at $167,000, the maximum people would pay would be $6 a month in addition uh, to their property tax. So you can kind of figure out in your head if my house is $300,000 and it's probably going to be closer to $12 or $15 a month. If it's less than $167,000, it's going to be less than $6 a month. Mm. But it won't exceed $6 a month. That's the maximum. That would be $12 million a year for the next eight years. Right. The interesting thing with the referendum is um, that you don't have to, just because you can spend it, you don't have to spend it. Mm -hmm. So let me give you a perfect example of that. Right now, the, the referendum budget, should it pass for next school year, um, would not be at the maximum uh, of, of 12 million. I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know that next year uh, it would be about $4.50 Per uh, per month for a house of one hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars because we haven't necessarily maxed out uh, what we're able to mm -hmm. ask for. So I think that's important. The other thing um, that was in the paper not long ago that I wanted people to realize too is that the overall school budget, whether or not the referendum passes or not, Fort Wayne Community Schools budget for next year will give taxpayers a break of negative 1.8%. So your property taxes actually are going down a little bit hmm. pre-referendum. Now, okay. if, when the referendum shows up, um, you know, that'll, that'll take it back up. The one thing that, that is really confusing to people, and we've tried to explain that on social media and our website, is that people will see that uh, when you read the ballot language, it talks right. about an increase of 12.67%. And I thought when I read that, like, that is going to panic people when they see that. But what people have to understand, and what had to be explained to me, because I didn't understand it either, is that that 12% is is the taxing unit of just Fort Wayne Community Schools. So within all the taxing units, um, you have a uh, taxing unit that's the school, you have the airport, you have uh, county and township. Um, so there, there are a bunch of different taxing units. So really what you'll see is that even though the ballot says 12.67%, the actual impact because we're just one of the taxing units, the actual impact is closer to about 4%. Okay. So, but I don't know, you know, the, the ballot is what the ballot is, and legally they have to just talk about the school tax, and so that's what people will see. So that's why we keep continuing to kind of hammer home that $6 a month, uh, because we know people are already ouchy about their property oh, taxes. Yeah. People's property taxes have gone up. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and some people that are, are not for the referendum say, hey, even $6 a month, you know, when I'm already tapped out, I'm on a fixed income, $6 a month is more than, than I'm willing to mm -hmm. pay. So, right. And we understand that. I mean, it's the beauty of living in America. You can you can vote yes or you can vote no. Right. Uh, and I respect people's decision either way. If you, right. if you vote yes... But, you know, we've got a lot of work to do, Rowing. a lot of people to hire. If you, <laughs> yeah. if you vote no, we got to figure out how to use our existing systems uh, mm -hmm. to continue to keep our kids safe. Right, right. So, so in, a, in a nutshell, mm -hmm. I mean, I know people have been listening, but if you can do the old Reader's Digest version of what the referendum is about, what safer schools are about, and what they need to look for when they go in to push a button or whatever it is they're going to do to vote, narrow it down yep. make it as simple as possible readers digest version so the the referendum is an attempt to increase safety in fwcs 56 percent of the budget for the referendum is about people so it's about student advocates it's about more student resource officers it's about mental health counselors that accounts for 56 percent the other part is technology so weapons detectors, improvements to facilities, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, it is a, a referendum that will last for uh, eight years. That could bring us an additional $12 million. And if you have an average house price in uh, Fort Wayne, it'll cost you $6 a month is what you'll see uh, in the increase in your property tax.
and this goes for eight years. This goes for eight years. Vote on it again. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. You, yeah. you narrowed it down. Yeah, I tried to get it simple. I just, uh, you know, for I think our kids are worth six bucks a month. There you go. Now, someone told me to ask you about, um, the, there's a rumor mm-hmm. that uh, you're a saxophone player. I am. <laughs> not a good one, but... <laughs> Tell me about that. What's, what's this with the saxophone? So when I was, um, so when I was a teacher at Blackhawk, my, uh, my job uh, was... Uh, a science teacher, and then my extracurricular, because I have no athletic ability, uh, I, ran, I ran our school's jazz program. Okay. Uh, since, um, I was president of the Fort Wayne Jazz Society for a while, okay. um, and the interesting thing is, as much as I love jazz, uh, I, I can't play it unless you put music in front of me, so I still can't improvise, but I love jazz. It's all I listen to, so uh, I do play saxophone. I usually play for people's weddings or church, uh, where the music is nice and slow and simple, and I can read it. But uh, right. yeah, that's one of my uh, that's one of my pastimes that, that I really enjoy. Nothing's better than music, Cleveland. Everybody knows hey, that, right? Hey, I agree with you. You know, especially the saxophone. You know, the, oh, sax, it's the, the guy that plays the sax is the smoothest it, guy. It is the best <laughs> instrument in the world. I'm telling you, oh, man. Someone asked me to say, hey, ask him about that. Oh yeah. So so if you need some, someone needs a saxophone player to play. You know where to find them. Yeah. If your you wedding. want if you want somebody to play for your wedding or, or play jazz, ask for Quincy Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, well, Matt, I tell you what, that educated me. I knew a little bit about the research that I did and some of the questions I asked some of the parents uh, about how they felt about this and even some of the teachers. Oh, one final thing. I sure. know we've gone a little bit longer than I planned, but that's fine because I got one more question yeah. here for you. The teachers down in Indianapolis told me that they're more concerned about some of the kids in the classroom versus who may come in and shoot up the building. And their thing was, they said, can we get help with the kids in the classroom if they're a problem, getting them out of the room so they don't disrupt the entire thing? Sure. Is that part of the thinking in this whole thing, too? I think that's one of the things that our student advocates can help with. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, we are we are in a society where the, the, the respect for adults is different than it used to be. You know, uh, back when you and I were kids, you respected adults just because they were adults, right. and and it's it's a different uh, for some of our kids. It's just a different mentality. So, one of the things though that we try to do with the whole well-being part and the de-escalation mm-hmm. part for both teachers uh, and administrators is is trying not to escalate students. I mean, oftentimes are are there students in in, in classrooms that, that are disruptive and disrespectful and potentially. Uh, can cause you know physical harm to people yes but one of the things that I've seen in my many years in education is that if you have a student that's that's angry or disrupted you can de-escalate that and and sometimes it's kind of like you and I were talking about officers in uniform like sometimes people just need the opportunity to get up and walk around to be able not to have somebody keep asking them questions and and I've seen in in many instances how there's those teachers in buildings that never have discipline problems right because they found a way to to work with kids that when they get mad instead of continuing to pick um, they de-escalate so that's one of the things that we're trying to do for all teachers for all administrators for all employees is, is teach them how do we how do we regulate a kid who's mm-hmm. dysregulated? Right. But to your teacher's point uh, in Indianapolis, you know, h- helping a kid regulate takes time mm-hmm. sometimes, and yeah. so it's that balance of I'm trying to teach a lesson, but I have a student that's disrupting. How do I help that student move through that so I can get back to teaching and so that I can get them to somebody that can help? So one of the things the advocates can do in our case is if you've got a kid uh, in a classroom. Uh, that's being disruptive. One of the things that, that happens frequently at Southside is they ask the advocate to go into the room, pull the kid out, and maybe again have that conversation with the kid. What's going wrong? It's it's amazing sometimes oh, yeah. the baggage that kids come to school with. Oh yeah. Um, but a lot of times they don't share that, and they don't yeah. want to share it out in front of 30 people in a classroom. But one on one, they'll they'll talk to they'll right. talk to an advocate or they'll talk to a trusted adult. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that's really one of the things uh, that we want to be able to do is is. You know, how do we, because suspending kids doesn't solve the problem. It gives them a day off school, right? And, and, and that's not for, for, unfortunately, for some kids, that's not really a consequence. Hmm. It's not a consequence that's going to change behavior. Right. You know, so we have to teach them uh, how to act, how to behave uh, in a professional setting. Right. I always talk to kids about, like, you're at work now. 
my famous mantra when I was a principal for 15 years is school is your job. This is where you work. You act differently at work than you do maybe when you're at home. Hmm. And that's true for all of us, right? Like, I, gotta, I gotta think about that one. <laughs> no, Cleveland, we know you behave yourself at work. <laughs> okay, final thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was Fort Wayne Community Schools that put this on or mm-hmm. if it was um, uh, ACJC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at the Coliseum and it was called Policing the Teen Brain. Getting the, the officers to understand what a teenager is thinking when they're upset. And I don't know if that's something that your student advocates or uh, your helpers will be going through, but I'm telling you, it was worth going to do because I learned a lot. On yeah. What a, a young person is thinking when you're saying something to them and that age difference. And That's exactly yeah. what we're talking about because one of the things, one of the things that, that people sometimes say, like especially like with middle school kids, when you ask them, why did you do that? And they can't really tell you yeah. why they did it. It doesn't seem logical as an adult, but the one thing like the brain research has taught me mm-hmm. is that the kids that are, you know, before they're 16 or 17, they think with the thalamus, right? They think with the emotional part of their brain. Yeah. So, right, that's that's what the difference is. Once they become like juniors and seniors, all of a sudden the thinking moves down to the frontal lobes, which is which is where problem solving and, and common sense take place. And so, yeah, it's it's uh, you see that all the time. When I, when I talk to some of my kids that were in middle school that just made me pull out what little hair I have, <laughs> You know, and then I talk to them again when they're juniors. It's yeah. a completely different person, oh, yeah. you know, and why? It's just because their their brain has finally wired in the frontal lobe. Right, so, right. yeah, I'm I'm glad you went to that because that's a great. That's exactly what we're talking about when we talk about helping kids with well being. Yeah, it was so. worth it. It was worth it. Matt Shebo, yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time out today to do this, and I can't wait to get this out so everyone can hear it, so they can understand what they're going to vote for get a little bit more knowledge instead of just going in there and saying no or yes. Well, we'd like you to say yes, yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> and but we do, at and least we, understand. Yeah. At least understand why you're saying what you're saying. Sure, and we do have um, at, at saferfwcs.com is our website. So it's got um, um, Q&A on there. So if you've got questions, mm-hmm. uh, it's on there. You can pose questions. We want to be transparent, right? And then, and then it's just up to people to decide whether they want to vote yes or no. And again, that's that's their right to do right. so. Okay, Matt, thank you very much. And folks, I hope you take the time out. Go to the, give me the website one more time. Yeah, it's uh, saferfwcs.com. There you go. Go there, take a look, and see what it is. And then come November seventh, right? Yep. Uh, you you have the right to vote, and we, we hope you exercise that right. Yes, we do. <laughs> Head to the polls, Matt. Thank you very much. Listeners, I hope you learned something, and we will catch you again next week on Police Pod Talk. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.